APSA, in partnership with the South African National Association for the Visual Arts, announced the winners of the very prestigious APSA L'Atelier competition, which celebrated 34 years and saw rather rich and diverse talent emerging from across the continent. One of the winners, the artist Poka Nyokong, who is standing towards a diploma in fine arts. In my work, I must say, I love process. Not too preoccupied about the final product as much as perhaps the absolutely people are. I love the process. So how I captured the aesthetics was to be true to what I love and how I love doing things. My name is Africa Milani. What does it mean to have been announced as one of the winners of the Absolutelier? It's, it's, it's a really great honor and just like, you know, a humbling experience. But I mean, mostly it's just for me, I should say it's a life-changing experience because you know, I've been looking, you know, forward to this kind of opportunity through my hard work and just praying that, like, you know, one of these days I get to cross the line, you know. So it, it really means that you get to exhibit in the Absa Gallery, of course, later on, and then, you know, in many, in many other esteemed spaces as well. So, And that's part of the life changing element of the experience is it not because yes, now it, it, except for outside of the key clients and patrons that have been supporting and following your work you you will be blown up for lack of a better word to a much higher profile as an artist yes yes absolutely i, I mean it's it's a good kind of you know probing that you're doing with, with the aspect of life-changing because i must say also the life-changing aspect i mean my life as an individual you know like having come from a from quite a not so easy background you know a really difficult background. Actually, I was just telling someone, like asking me, the person was asking me what made me start into art. And I was just, I was just, I just put it bluntly that it's hunger. I was hungry. And, you know, I started painting. Literal hunger, physical hunger, you know. I, I had been like an, a, a matriculant who was unemployed and wasn't going to university for some time. And then, you know, asking myself what to do with my life it was really difficult, you know. It's life-changing in that, you know, you, you, you make a start as a person in whatever endeavor. You make a start and, you know, before you know it, you know, some years down the line, you know, things start to change for the better. So it's really like like that moment when you, like, feel really, like, you know, vindicated, so to speak, that, like, that's why I started in the first place. You know, I wanted to see this profound changes to my life. So it's... It's by no means a small thing in terms of the life-changing aspect. It's really profound. Let's explore that a little bit because I have to confess, I I do not know what being hungry feels like. Mm, uh, mm. I might not have always had the best meal. In fact, sometimes you'd mm. go to bed with a sandwich and mm. a cup of tea and that's mm. all you had for mm. supper. Mm. But But to literally be in mm. pain because mm. of hunger, mm. I have no clue what that means. Mm. How do you convert that to a visual piece of artwork you know you know someone once told me and said that you know asked the question that like what does it take to inspire change in a person or what does it take or who does it take to inspire a person and the 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 the, the, the dancer is one is the person themselves is the person him or herself so what i'm saying here is that you know what it took or what it takes to you know, be so determined as to want to change your, your conditions like that. It's you and it's really feeling, having reached, you know, literally the ceiling of, you know, how much you can put up with certain things like hunger. You know, once I feel like, you know, no matter how hungry you are, once there's still 
as long as there's still space for you to kind of tolerate it, then that's what you'll do. You'll tolerate it. It's not your mom coming to you and saying, my son, you are so hungry. Please go out and do something. No. If they do say that and you don't feel like it's enough, you feel like you still have it in you. Of course, feeling like you still have it in you is not a an actual thing, that a direct thing that you're saying, yes, I can still tolerate hunger. But it's not being hungry enough to stand up and make those changes, no matter how small they are. So that's, that's what it takes, you know, like having reached like your limits, literally. But we don't know what those limits are. So it's not nice and we wouldn't want to have any human being having to even know or experience what the limits are. Because, I mean, it's, it's really painful in the truest sense. You know, you want to, I mean, why should people go through all the trouble to not to be rich, but just to be well off and live a good life? Why should we all want to first? Of course, we don't want this, but, you know, society sometimes imposes this structures that are really like hard to navigate but then outside from outside of the society we're just talking about individualism and individuality you have to still maintain that strong individual drive you know so that's what it took for me to say that like i mean i wasn't a shabby student either at you know secondary school but for me to end up being in such a messed up space where i can't even do things for myself let me do something. And, you know, I mean, I, I guess on the lighter side is that, like, I had I had known that because I grew up around, like, really artistically talented, like, brothers, you know, and from my family. And that comes from? Because obviously you would have needed to have yeah, some spark yeah. of creativity in order for Absolutely. you to pick up that paint and brush for the first time. That's where it came from. That's where it came from. Um, You know, I, I mean, I remember I, I grew up, you know, seeing the drawings of my two brothers, like, and, like, really, like, diverse and, you know, dynamically different styles of drawing you know my my eldest brother like he used to actually create comics you know and of course now when we're sitting here saying comics some people think of this hilarious wakey kind of drawing style but it was really like well put together and like really realistic but my 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 other brother like my second eldest like used to make really expressive drawings you know like creating characters and just like you know so and even his friends so I, I remember like one of my fondest memories, but like, you know, as is the case almost all the time, like with memories, like they tend to be quite elusive and you can't really pin them down. But I remember one of my kind of most colorful and fondest memories is my brother and some of his friends having gone to one of the streams. It's not really a river, but one of the streams where they could get clay, you know, on the outskirts of the township. And they brought that clay and then they just like played with it. And I could make for the first time taking from them, I could make, you know, um, clay cows and clay cattle and clay figures. So, I mean, also there was like one of the first times that one had a chance to transcend or to do more than just drawing. Cause drawing, I mean, is part of every child's kind of language, you know. Except if I were to show you my first drawing, it was probably a stick man <laughs> or something. <laughs> But do you remember what your first painting was? You mean the painting now later on when I was trying to... Yes. Oh, absolutely. It was like really like on a really small intimate scale. It was called City. You know, so I, 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 I'm, even now I'm fascinated by cityscapes. I love cityscapes and, you know, just the skyline of cities. So I just drew like a, an imaginary city. Of course, I mean, when you think of like um, quite a well-known place like Johannesburg, like it's, it's cityscape, 
has kind of become this emblematic thing that, you know, like people have printed T-shirts. So I've always had that kind of aesthetical leanings to portraying especially city life. You know, even though I was born in the Northwest province, like in, in Clagstop, so I wasn't really born in a major, major, mega mm. city. You know, I was just born in a small city. So, but having moved to the cities, and by the, but I should say again that like, when I first did those paintings, I was still back home in the Northwest. So I guess again, this was kind of like a, a communicating of, of my yearning to move beyond my own provincial Thanks. settings, you know. So, but yeah, it was, a, it was like a painting, like a drawing, mixed medium drawing with a pencil and crayons. The second one was like a graffiti wall, like on a board, but mimicking a graffiti wall, like where I just did like a whole lot of things. And, and I think the first one is still there. City is still there. That painting in my collection. <laughs> Fast there. forward to 2019 and you announced <laughs> as uh, the Absa Latelier winner, one of the winners and ambassadors. Talk to us about the work that you presented this time around because it wasn't the first time you entered this competition. It wasn't the first time and in Africa, if you may just allow me. So the award I won is actually called the Gerard Sekoto Award, you know, you know, that this also the ambassador prize. What is really esteemed about this prize is that like it's obviously named after the one of the, the this country's most pioneering black artists from the early stages, you know, of, of the art development in this country, which is Gerard Sekoto, obviously. But then, you know, just to also speak back to the question of like what, you know, what it took. Yes, I've entered the competition before. And, you know, I think when I entered before, I was, I might have been not. Funny thing is, you know, one must be honest about these things. We, I might be tempted to say I wasn't very invested, but I think that would not be the right way to put it. In fact, this, if anything, the first time I entered was I was more invested than now. This is how. So the first time was like I to start with I created like a work precisely and you know, especially for, for, for Absal Atelier and also like I bought materials so I used my money to to get the materials going and art materials are not the cheapest thing around, you know. And and then, you know, I I guess I took a look around and like just saw okay the rules of the competition and this and that but I think the difference you know that the really like absolutely basic difference between 2019 and 2017 when I first entered is the the, the, the idea of like um, the work itself I think the work speaks for itself like absolutely like more uniquely this time it's really like fresh and and it's you know it's just I think it's one of probably my the best work I've ever done as an artist. So and I've done a whole lot of work. You know, my work has been shown in galleries and in museums. And I think again, you know, art is a dialogue and it's a medium through which to speak. Sometimes there are instances where we, where we mistake the the means for the end and vice versa. I think in this case, you know, yes there are dialogues and stuff, but what I've noticed and what I learned in the process is that absolutely is Specifically, they, they are really big on the aesthetic. So once now you mention aesthetics, you get an idea that they're really big on the product itself, the art. The stories are important, but I mean, sometimes in, in a visual art form, you can't be good at telling stories, but you don't go on to capture the story in a concrete work. So I think that's what this work did so well. As previous, the previous work like was really loaded with messages. 
But how it was put together, I think it kind of lacked the finesse and the accomplishment of the slate. So what aesthetic then did you use to explore the themes of gender, misidentity, collective social anxiety, as well as temporality of the human material experience? Um, I had thought about fabrics. I love fabrics, just like, you know, like the flowing of fabrics and just like the abundance of a fabric material, you know. So... I mean, it's, it's, when you first start thinking of work, it's, it's really like, and I often say this, the, you know, thinking about work is more difficult than making work. Just as, is talking or writing about your work. The most, the easiest thing is making work. You know, thinking and talking and what, like it takes a long time and it's really difficult. And this is not to say making work is not difficult, but the, I'm mentioning these things because like, you know, once I had started, you know, I bought the material, I bought like, I think, 18 meters of fabric, 18 meters of fabric, you know. And just start, I just started wrapping myself around with the fabric. I don't know if you've been able to see the work, you know, like started wrapping myself around, like wearing guest masks and wrapping myself around with wool and strings and twine. So as I was meditating again on, on the process, because, I mean, in my work, I must say I love process. I, I don't just like, you know, I'm don't just, I'm not pre- too preoccupied about the final product as much as perhaps the absolutely people are. I love the process. So how I captured the, the aesthetics, the, the key thing was to be true to the, to what I love and how I love doing things, you know. And, you know, of course I use like a mainly white fabric with those wigs, but then I add touches and dashes of color, orange there, blue there, green, yellow. I think there was kind of like how I, I spoke to my aesthetic that like, you know, I love exploring uh, aesthetics. I love performance. And, and when I say performance, I'm, you know, I'm just mean doing something, you know. So it's, it's, it's captured in that sense that like, and also the messages themselves are loaded. I mean, you're talking about like social anxiety, gender misidentity, and you know, ten, the temporality of life. So I think, you know, you can't speak to them all at once verbally but like you know we like it because we have the visual language you can just encompass one thing in in all at once you know so i mean i might not be able to say precisely how i did it that's why you always need some kind of higher power and a spiritual presence (laughs) to pull off the work you'll be able to see it of course at the apsa gallery in johannesburg before it goes on a national tour any revolutionary artist is an artist who starts in the studio what are you working on now? What What's next for uh, Poka and Yokong? Thank you. Um, I was saying to to my friends and other people who cared to listen to me, because I've been saying ever since the rest of the week that I'm yearning to pour my heart out. I'm yearning to go back into the studio. Actually, the work that I want to do haunts me. You know, it must be done. It's sitting just on the edge of my tongue and my hands, you know, and my heart. So I, I, I really like I've nowadays I've been started being interested in the idea of um I wanna work I know this is like really difficult in terms of aesthetics. Uh, not not aesthetics, ethics. A lot of people don't realise how much of ethics are important in art, you know. So for instance I wanna work with um street hawkers, people who sell on the streets. I know in Cape Town there's a place called in you know, the the deck on the taxi rank. Yeah, I'd love to work with some of the societies, the communities there to sort of make art with them, you know, 
And, you know, just to, you know, perhaps the listeners or anyone might know this, that, like, a work, the work of a few artists, like, I mean, Zanele Moholi, she worked with, you know, a group of, you know, people, you know, from a society and other communities. So I want to make this, this like that, that sort of dissenters and disrupts the idea of the artist as this all-knowing, powerful individual, because the artists are not there. They're not all-knowing, you know. They, we, we need the society to feed off and create the content and the work. So, so what's coming next is that, is that a body of work that really like, you know, in, in, you know, includes like certain sectors of society working collaboration. I love collaboration as a concept in art, you know. So I want to explore it more. I want to, you know, I've mentioned before that like I love, um, the traditional customs, like, you know, the, some West African, you know, cultures and also, also some Southern African cultures. So I want to also like make work that sort of like, makes it's a hybrid of a mix that is imagined of those cultures so the studio becomes and also the street i think i'm going to take my work out to the streets you know because like actually i just started working on the studio with that work a lot of my work happens in the streets which is what i love you know so i want to make a hybrid of this actual traditional cultures from africa with imagined aesthetics and dialogues and stuff like that. Cannot wait to see it. Uh, this is uh, one of the winners and the ambassador of the APSA Letalier announced recently in Cape Town, South Africa, as well as the winner of the Jared Sakota uh, Prize. Uh, as indicated earlier, you'll be able to see his work at the APSA Gallery in Johannesburg before it goes on a national tour in South Africa. Thank you very much for joining us, Pogan Yukong, and congratulations on your achievements. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity.